1: So this week, we are talking about what it means to live curious rather than apathetic and stale. This is made for this podcast. Welcome, guys. I am excited to be with you today because here is what we're gonna talk about. We are actually gonna talk about, are you ready for this? We are gonna talk about giving away God. And why are we gonna talk about giving away God in the midst of a season on living healthy and specifically an episode about living curious and not getting stale in our faith? That is because we were built to walk with God and to give him away. It is that simple. That is how we were built to do life. Everything else that we're gifted in, everything else that God's given us to to enjoy life and to thrive in life is for the purpose of walking with God and giving God away. It's that simple. (laughs) And when we view life that way, when we have personally encountered the saving knowledge of Jesus and we live life that way, we are living into who we were made to be. And what happens is we lift our eyes from ourselves and our own comforts and our own connection with each other and everything we're looking to get out of life. We lift it to God and and to living in this way that, that everything we do, everything we've been given is to bring glory to God and for the good of people. When we live life that way, magic starts to happen because we are plugged into the way we were built this matters. It matters for eternity because when we give away God, more people know him, more people are able to walk with him. Yes. But it also matters because this is the way we were built to live. This is how we are most fulfilled. This is how you hear stories about people with nothing in third world countries that have more joy than us because they are walking with God and giving him away in the context of their life. And they have joy because they don't need every other thing in life when they have God and they are living the mission that God's given them to live. This is what we get so distracted by. We we make it so complicated. I think the enemy makes it so complicated. There are a million ways that we get distracted and we separate the vision that God has given us for our lives in this book, the Bible, and we separate it from our practical needs and desires and the way we're living, and, and therefore there's a huge breakdown. And we're confused about our purpose and we're confused about relationships in our lives and we're confused about suffering. We're confused about all of it because we don't read this book and we don't understand the big, big picture. Because if eternity is real, then nothing matters more than walking with God and giving him away. Nothing. Every other thing can fall away because it's temporary. And forever, we will be walking with God. And, you know, and I know I'm saying all these words and you're like, of course, this is a Christian podcast. Jenny, thanks a lot. Like, I already know I'm supposed to do that. Thanks for making me feel guilty. I already felt guilty. No, that is not what I'm talking about. I'm actually going to give this to you in a way that if lived out in your life will bring you the most joy. It will. Now, I'm not saying it will be easy. In fact, I expect it to be hard. The more that you follow God, the more that you give him away, the more the enemy is going to come against you. But it will be meaningful and it will be fulfilling. So the way that scripture lays this out, and we're going to go again to 1 Peter, and in chapter 3, Peter says this, now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? And I want you to remember what we're talking about today. We're talking about not living stale, not living apathetic. And checked out, which I think is the mode of operation right now, not just in the church, but in the world, because we are so exhausted and beat down from the last couple years. And Peter writes, now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? I love that word, zealous, passionate, single-minded, focused on what is good. If you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them. Don't be troubled. (laughs) How troubled are we? And yet he is saying, don't be afraid of what's going to happen in this life. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. We are in a day where it feels difficult to even mention the name of Jesus. It feels difficult to admit that we're Christians to people that are outside the church. And and I want to say I get that, but I also want to say... We have to do it anyway. We have to be bold anyway. And I'm speaking to myself here because boldness is easy for me in some contexts and very difficult for me in others. And yet the way Peter lays it out that we should handle this is that we live such a good life that people ask us, what is this hope that you have? Why are you different? And the good news is if we actually live out the words of this book in a holy way that we reflect Christ to this world, and we love people with gentleness and respect, and our behavior is different from the rest of the world, we will get asked questions. That's coming. And what Peter knows is even back then, apparently, people could be jerks. And we know that that was true back then, and that's true today. And what Peter's saying is, hey, live a life that is so compelling that people ask you, why are you so different? What is that hope that is in you? And then you be ready with that answer. You expect, you're living so differently in the context of your world that you expect to get that question, and you are ready with an answer. Now, that doesn't mean we never bring up Jesus. But I'm giving you the framework in which we do that, (laughs) that we live a life so compelling and so different that people will ask you, what is so different about you? But let me tell you one way we do that. And that's why the episode is called Curious. One way we do that is we love people in such a way that we ask them questions and we know them. I know no one better at this than my daughter Kate. She knows the name of every barista in Dallas and College Station. She knows the people that are selling at thrift stores because she goes in thrift stores all the time. They all know her by name. She makes friends with them. She knows their family members. She checks up on them. It is the most beautiful thing. My my daughter has a second language in Spanish and she's able to converse with people and has built relationships with some Latino and Latina friends in College Station that have a family. They've invited her over. This is how she lives. She just is so curious about people and so compelled to love them that she eventually gets to share Jesus with them because she has been curious about their lives. I think curiosity is the greatest evangelistic tool that we have, because everyone's lonely, and nobody wants to know them. And if you want to know them, if you actually see them and care about them, then you will get that opportunity to give an answer to the hope that is in you, because it is so refreshing, and it is so compelling, and it is so different than the way the world is living right now. The other day, I was getting a mammogram. Sorry for all you guys listening, but I think it's important to mention those things because all of you over 40 should be getting those every year. So I go to get it. And the nurse that greeted me was the kindest human I've ever met. We both have on masks and we're looking at each other in the eyes and she is asking me simple questions about my life. And it was so compelling to me. In fact, I about teared up. Now it was very, you know, if you've ever done that, you know, like that is not the easiest experience. But in the moment, It was a connection with someone that I rarely feel. I feel like today we are going through life with our masks on, barely talking to each other and not looking at each other in the eyes and not smiling because we don't have to because we're not connecting with each other. And I just want to say how much it stood out for this nurse to just look me in the eyes and ask me specific questions about my life and what I care about and what's going on. I don't know if she's a Christian. I mean, we were in the middle of stuff that that didn't come up, but I I bet she was. I bet she was because of the way that she loved me. And I just think it stands out to be nice, to be curious, to be loving, to not be checked out, to not be apathetic, to to care and to love and to notice people. It is rare and beautiful and it's easy. I mean, it's technically easy to be nice to people. We don't have to have a lot of money. We don't have to have a lot of time. We don't have to have a lot of words. We just need to ask really good questions of people and then be prepared when they're curious why we are loving and why we are kind to give an answer for the hope that is in us. It's a compelling way to do evangelism. It's a necessary way in this culture in this day to do evangelism. The message of Jesus goes out best through questions. It's how he did it. He asked people questions. He invited people to meals. He got to know them. He listened to them. And then he told them about the hope that was available to them. And so I think if Jesus did it that way in a very dark culture, that it works and that it is the greatest way we can love other people is to be curious about their lives and their faith. I think bringing that up to it will happen naturally. Once you ask people good questions, it starts a conversation that brings up deeper things and faith seems to come up pretty quickly. Just yesterday, I was on a plane with a guy next to me and he began to ask me questions actually. And as we started to talk, we were talking about hunting and where he'd just been in Wyoming and he hadn't killed anything. And he said, tell me about where you've been and what you've been doing. And I just shared, you know, we were actually with some leaders that are believers in Jesus. And we were talking about how to love the world better. And he began to ask questions about that. I mean, I just transitioned with something I'd been doing that day and I didn't hide my faith. I just brought it into the conversation and didn't worry about rejection. And He was stuck with me, you know, next to me. He could put his headphones on if he wanted. And sure enough, he was so warm to it and said, yeah, I'm a believer too. And and we talked about faith. But I think there's that moment where we always ask ourselves, should we bring this up or should we mention it? And I think when we've been in conversation and cared about, you know, his hunting trip and cared about... His life and been curious. It's really easy to just say, "Yeah, I'm I'm a believer and I follow Jesus and and what's your relationship with God like?" I think it begins a conversation about something that everybody's comfortable talking and then it maybe they're uncomfortable and maybe they check out. But so what? You know, we're on a plane together for 2 hours. So what if it breaks down and he's gone and and it went terribly? But you know, I just think we've got to be braver and we've got to be bolder. And I think the best way to do that is to begin by being curious. Well, and scripture says it this way in verse 16, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your behavior in Christ Jesus may be put to shame. So there's this sense of, hey, it doesn't matter if they reject you. It doesn't matter if they slander you. It doesn't matter if publicly you are reviled, hated. This is the work that God has called us to do and he will protect us in the end. And we don't need to be afraid because we are on the side of God and goodness. Now, now let me say this a lot of you are getting hate because you're being hateful. (laughs) A lot of you right now in this culture, you are angry. And the way you're giving God is in defense of political stances and in defense of mandates and, and all kinds of things. And I'm not saying that those things don't matter. I'm just saying the way that we interact with those, scripture is clear over and over again, that we give truth in love, that we give truth in love. And here he says, with kindness, gentleness, and respect. And so how are you defending God. How are you giving that defense? Is it the sense of protection and anger, or is it a sense of kindness and gentleness and respect? Because we're not responsible for their response. We're not responsible for the state of the world. We're responsible for our love and our words and our actions and our behavior. And what God says is even if that goes badly, but we with a good conscience have loved people well, given a defense for the hope that is in us and given the hope of Christ to people, if we have lived differently and been curious about people and kind to people, then that kind of life is protected because we are under God's protective word. We have lived out the word that he has given us and that in itself will protect us. And, and where you see a, a sense of there is no protection is when you're doing evil. It says, for it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will than for doing evil because there isn't God's protection in that. And evil can look like good sometimes. Evil can look like defending God. I think of my interview with Rich Volotis, And if you haven't listened to that, I would encourage you to go listen to that right now because Rich Volotis talks about two different ways Christians can live, that you can be a Christian who is in the world for God and you can be a Christian who is in God for the world. And the Christian that is in the world for God, there's a defensiveness to them, there's a anger, there's a protection of God and it's it's angry and it's, it's guarded and it's pushing forward for God. And the Christian who is in God for the world is this light full of peace and walking with God, full of the spirit in kindness and truth And it is such a refreshing person. It is someone who, I'm not saying they never step on toes because they will. And I'm not saying they don't say something that hurts people's feelings or makes people angry because they will. Jesus did. But it is a whole different posture to love people and be for them and to not be surprised by the sin around us, to not be surprised by the darkness around us. It's going to get darker. And to love people and be for them because God is in us and we want God for them not zealously protecting God everywhere we go because we're angry and we think we can be God's Savior with a sword. And that is just not, it's not this part of the story. One day there will be a war and that will be the story, but that is not today. Today we are called to in gentleness and respect, First Peter says, to give the hope that has been given to us. And so, I just want to encourage you that this is a different way to live. It is a refreshing way to live. I promise you, you will find favor with some. And I promise you, you will not find favor with all. And that is okay. But the some that you find favor with will be a beautiful story that you want to not miss, that you want to be a part of. These conversations are hated by the enemy and used by God. And so do not be afraid to start those conversations with your neighbors, with your friends, with fellow students. On your campus wherever you are today my challenge to you would be to be curious about someone's life and see where it goes
0: hey guys before you turn off the episode i want to make sure that you know that jenny has kids books did you know that she has written the most amazing Series. It's a five-book series called The Story of God. My kids love reading these books. They are meaningful, and they are written in first-person God to your child. And so they're simple, and they tell the story of God all the way from creation to heaven. And so as you go into this holiday season, I'm telling you, this would be such a special gift for your kids, for the kids in your life. And all five books are beautifully illustrated and they are in this gorgeous like keepsake box that has gold foil on the box. They are so beautiful and truly a book that you'll keep forever. You can go to Theolaby.com. That's T-H-E-O-L-A-B-Y.com. And you can find the Story of God series there. If you use the code podcast, you can get free shipping. So go hurry. We want you guys to get these books in time for Christmas and we are shipping the complete set right now. So go to dot com, and you can use the promo code podcast at checkout to get free shipping. We want your kids to understand the story of God and God's love for them this Christmas season. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made For This Podcast.